<laughs> Welcome to Facing Fear with Sarah. My name is Sarah McInerney Hawk. I am your host. I went from 30 flirty and thriving to 30 flirty and surviving. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 30, and prior to that, I had faced a lot of fears in life, which led me to creating this podcast in 2019. Fast forward, here we are many years later, and I've interviewed over 100 different guests with many stories of how they face fear while remaining unapologetically authentic. That is what we are here to do, encourage you to live your life unapologetically and authentically. The Facing Fear world recently got a little bit bigger because a new part of it is in the world, and that's my book, my very first book. It's called Does Carcinoma Mean Cancer? It covers the four days between being tested for cancer and finding out that I had it, and the funny things that happened in between. Well, you know, funny, happy, sad, etc. It can be found anywhere on Amazon, and it's a graphic memoir, which means it is 70% art, 30% text, and it's 74 pages long. So it's something you could read in one sitting, revisit multiple times because the art has a lot of dual meanings and I'm so proud of it. Go check it out on Amazon or facingfearwithsarah.com backslash book. All right, let's get into this week's episode. All right, all right. We're back this week with another chemo recap. <clears throat> wow. Excuse me, got to get my mic voice ready. Last time I talked about chemo, I recapped rounds five and six, where depression and anxiety really knocked me down. It was also the chemos where I had a allergic reaction and went into anaphylactic shock and spent the night in the hospital. So if you missed that one, go back. <laughs> It was definitely one of my most vulnerable episodes to date, and I think I will list it in the show notes just in case you missed it. It also included one of my favorite songs, which for the first time ever, I bought, downloaded, and included a real song in an episode. So that was kind of a fun first time experiment for this show. Today, I'm bringing us all the way back to the month of May, which for me would have been chemo 7, 8, 9, and 10. So let's take it back. And by take it back, let's pick up where we left off. (laughs) April, May, and June were not great months for me. So just heads up, uh, wasn't exactly feeling so wonderful during this time. But you guys know, I love to keep it real. So thank goodness I have my journals to refer back to because this whole entire year has been quite the blur. And uh, frankly, I'm exhausted right now. Jacob was asking me two different things today. And I said, I have no memory of either of those things. And he was like, we absolutely talked about that. And he was also asking me about some movie we watched before. And I have no memory of that. So chemo brain is still very, very real on top of radiation brain, which I currently have. Okay, so all the way back at the beginning of May, I wrote about being anxious and worried about the direction of my life, being so jealous of everybody else continuing to live theirs and move forward, and I felt like the best of my life was back in my 20s. On May 6, I started a completely new round of chemo since I was kicked off my original plan due to being allergic to it. In the episode that I link in the show notes, I shared what happened to me during that reaction, and it was during my second round of Taxol, and then 
that's why I was kicked off that plan and on to another. And for me, that meant I was slapped with another nine rounds of chemo. And May 6 kicked off this new chapter. So to finish my chemo treatments, these nine rounds would be of a drug called Braxane. Little different type of chemo with very similar powers, but a chemo I wouldn't be allergic to. This meant I had to move my entire chemo schedule from every other Thursday to three Fridays on, one Friday off. I was sad to miss the chemo nurses I got to know on Thursdays, and I even had to change my nurse practitioner, who's the person who sees me on a regular basis, um, even more than my oncologist. I'm not good with change, so this was hard for me. However, I felt like it was meant to be because if you've been following along my social media, I have been celebrating every Friday as Cancer Friday. So I kind of think it was only natural that my chemos moved to Fridays to finish it out. God has a really funny way of guiding our paths. (laughs) After my first treatment on the new stuff, I wrote about one of my favorite quotes, the only way out is through. So I thought, so be it. I have two more months of this, and I felt like I was given this time for a reason. Around this time, I also started reading a book called Spiritual Daily. Every day for 30 days in a row, it would share a short paragraph and a prayer. Although this book was written by someone in the cancer world for others in this world, in my opinion, this book is extremely applicable to anyone. And one of the phrases I found around this time that helped carry me through was, quote, time is your ally. Relax and let time assist you. I had never thought of time in this way before. Time was always something to be chased, this ever escaping, irreversible thing constantly slipping away from me. I have never thought that time was on my team, let alone my ally. I repeated this phrase many times while meditating, and I honestly still do to this day. It was also during this time that I picked the podcast back up. I just felt like I needed to finish what I started. It was very hard to lean into art and put into the work. Wait, it was very hard to lean into my art and put in the work it takes to make an episode, but there was just something that would not allow me to stay away for that long. During the weekend, after my first new treatment, we went to church as we usually do. And honestly, physically attending church became such a safe place for me, and I grew even closer to St. Luke's than ever before. My notes from a sermon on May 8th read, Sometimes the things that wreck our lives are the things where God's been all along, ready to catch us and help us fly. It's not too long after that we can look back and see life was suspended, but now we're flying. Hmm. Pretty relevant to me. (laughs) Heading into the next week and chemo number eight, I graduated from physical therapy after working to bounce back from my bilateral mastectomy in January. I wrote about how sad and scared I felt, not because I was no longer going to be in physical therapy, but to be moving on and leaving a piece of this cancer journey behind. I could not believe surgery was over. I can't believe I recovered and fully regained function again using my chest and arms. I felt so sad and lost. And so I texted my all-time favorite physical therapist back home, Prado. And he said, it's tough to let our faith be bigger than our fear, but all you can do is embrace the fight with what you have at the moment. 
It doesn't always have to be your best. Wow, what a guy, am I right? <laughs> I actually interviewed Prado back in season two of my show, and uh, he's an amazing individual, so I'll link his episode in my show notes if you want to get to know my favorite physical therapist in the world a little bit better. I really think sometimes it's so good to look back at your life. Looking back, I actually cannot believe I've upheld a full-time job while going through chemo. And then when chemo got extended, I still went to work. I wrote during the week of chemo number eight that, quote, it's only 1033. I got here at nine and I feel like time is crawling by and I have a pit in my stomach. I hope it's because of the smoothie I drank on the way here in my car and not my guts telling me you need to change your life and career right now. I knew cancer would interrupt my life, but I'm too tired to make any changes right now. Can I please have a break? Unquote. I got another book during this time called Can't Stop Thinking. I think I've mentioned it before. Another book I will link in the show notes. And I kept repeating this phrase on the daily. Quote, I hear you. I care about you. I get it. I love you right here, just as you are. I kept repeating this phrase and saying it to myself because a lot of my cancer experience has been talking to myself and kind of splitting myself into two. Like, not splitting myself in half, but addressing myself and talking directly to myself as if there's, like, two Sarahs all of a sudden. Like, there's this Sarah with cancer, and then there's the Sarah who is trying to take care of her and navigate this. So I kept saying that to myself. I hear you. I care about your experience. I get it. I love you right here, just as you are. It's also so crazy to me as I'm looking back that I was writing every single day. Every day in May was a battle. On May 11th, I was let go from another piece of cancer care, my plastic surgeon. From then on out, I would only come to every six months and then a one-year checkup. I cried to the receptionist on the way out as we scheduled my six-month appointment. My plastic surgeon isn't even the nicest guy ever. In fact, he asked me at one point how Jacob was when I was at an appointment by myself, and he told me that not all marriages make it through breast cancer. Cool. (laughs) He's good at what he does, but damn, he is not super personable. My emotions were a roller coaster, and it's so clear reading through my journals that they were because I constantly switched between depressive thoughts and writing little pump-up paragraphs addressing myself once again. (sighs) Weird times. Also at this time in May, I was just finishing planning my sister's bachelorette party in Palm Springs, just a few few hours' drive from her home in L.A. I remember the week of her batch... Um, I had chemo that week, but I did not have it the week after. I was so desperate to escape my reality, I asked Cindy, my sister, if I could stay another week with her in L.A. I wrote that I felt so bad asking her because here I am, the oldest sister who is doing nothing right now with her life, and I needed my baby sister's help. Of course, Cindy was so nice and so accommodating So I rebooked my tickets and decided I would be gone for just over a week. Prior to Cindy's bachelorette, I went to my friend Courtney's lake house, two hours north of where I live. 
Again, I was looking to escape reality and I'm so thankful she and her family took me in for the day. I do have a cute little side story here. Her oldest son, Brooks, is four. Oh my God, is he almost five? He's either four, almost five, or three, almost four. But at one point when I got there, kind of early in the day, he kept staring at me and both he and I had a baseball cap on and he looks at me and he goes, well, I still have all my hair and he takes off his baseball cap and shows me his hair. And I said, Brooks, how do you know I don't have hair? And he said, I could just tell. (laughs) And I was pretty bald at this point. So uh, I guess he was right, but it was kind of funny. Kids say the darndest things. I was able to relax, listening to the water lap the lake shore and even laid on their dock as the rain started to fall and I remember watching it come down from the sky. On my drive home, I realized what made the entire trip worth it. I bawled my eyes out (laughs) for like 45 minutes straight. I talked to myself, I got angry, I got pissed. I gritted my teeth and cried some more. It was a release unlike anything I'd let go of since this entire journey started in October 2021. I needed it. And it turns out crying in my car is my favorite spot to cry. A few days after that, on May 16th, Jacob and I celebrated our two-year wedding anniversary. And by celebrated, I mean I continued surviving. I wrote about feeling bad that day and that I felt terrible because I'm not a fun person for him to come home to lately. I wrote how sad I was that two years ago on this day, it was such a good day. We eloped during the pandemic and what was such a shitty hand of cards actually turned out to be the best thing we ever did. Celebrating our marriage with just the two of us, it was a day to absolutely remember. And you'll never believe I podcasted about that day. So if you want a little behind the scenes, what it's like to cancel your wedding thanks to COVID and then get married anyway with just you and your partner, it's in the show notes. I also wrote about how triggering that day felt for me. Just two years ago, I had an incredible head of hair. I was so fit and life was so, so, so simple. Even in the midst of canceling a wedding, life really wasn't that hard. And it's so hard right now. I wrote I was feeling so tired and that I wished I had a purpose. Ironically, a day later from when I wrote I wish I had a purpose, the podcast hit a record. I had the most downloads in a single week with 555. Oh God, you really do love to come out right at the the perfect time. It was finally time for Cindy's bachelorette on May 20th. I wrote that while sitting at the airport on my layover, I felt very anxious being there. And that was a weird feeling for a girl who loves traveling. I wrote that it reminded me of my life before when I was in my twenties and all the jet setting I did for work and play across the country and even overseas. No thinking back then, just doing because it was fun. I'm haunted by what will never be again for the better and the worse. And I wrote that today in this airport, we inch back towards my life before, before this thing took over and changed everything. 
Cindy's bachelorette party was amazing, and I was so thankful to be with both of my sisters and many friends of hers who are also great friends of mine. I wasn't able to drink or party like I used to, but I participated in everything, including putting a temporary tattoo of a disco ball on the back of my bald head because, you know, why not? (laughs) Unfortunately, I felt horribly fatigued and overall miserable, so I missed out on our big going out dinner night, but there I was there to hear the stories when the girls returned later. I even bonded with one of her friends who was a childhood cancer survivor. And no, we didn't find out from Cindy. We found out while sitting in the shade, escaping the Palm Springs heat to play cards. Upon getting back to LA, it was Cindy and myself and two of her friends. One being the woman who had survived childhood cancer. I immediately felt regret of staying in California for longer than just the bachelorette. I watched all of our friends get on flights to go home, and I felt like such a burden to Cindy and her fiancé at the time, even though they made me feel absolutely nothing of the sort. Once inside Cindy's apartments, as her and Kyle started to recap her weekend and settle in and catch up, I cried to Cindy's friends who consoled me and told me that it was okay to feel this way. I also felt really embarrassed that younger, quote, kids, quote, (laughs) were taking care of me. As the oldest, I don't usually have this experience, and it was incredibly uncomfortable. But it actually doesn't really matter what age. I needed to lean into comfort wherever I could get it. So as I mentioned before, I rebooked my tickets and decided to stay a whole week at Cindy and Kyle's place in L.A., I took this time off work and just did whatever I felt. I slept a lot. I sweated a lot, thanks to hot flashes. I started a new journal where I vowed to only write more positive things. We deep cleaned their apartment, and I cleaned Cindy's car inside and out. I had breakfast with a friend I love. I went to the beach, and I read an entire book called Think Like a Monk that I got from another cancer angel in my life. You guys know I love to share notes, and I take a lot of notes from books, so here's a few of my highlights from Think Like a Monk, which is by Jay Shetty. So here's a full bullet point. Here's a few bullet points. Our minds can either elevate us or pull us down. Your breath is with you always. Purpose and meaning, not success, lead to true contentment. When we live intentionally with a clear sense of why what we do matters, life has meaning and brings fulfillment. So every chapter started with a quote, and I loved this one. Here's the quote. Every day, think as you wake up. Today, I am fortunate to be alive. I have a precious human life. I am not going to waste it. And that's a quote from the Dalai Lama. Another bullet point, researchers, I cannot talk today. Researchers say talking to yourself not only boosts your memory, it also helps you focus. I really like this one because uh, as I have mentioned multiple times, I talk to myself a decent amount, especially when I'm frustrated. I actually never talk to myself aloud when I say loving things. Um, hmm, I'm just kind of having this realization now. <laughs> Maybe I'll try doing that, Um, which is actually so perfect for the next bullet point that I pulled from this book, which is treat yourself with the same love and respect you want to show others. Okay, two more. 
We are defined by the narrative we write for ourselves every day. Find a new vocabulary to match the emotion and feel the way you want to live. Talk to yourself with love. My last one, the arrogant ego desires respect, whereas the humble worker inspires respect. So that's a little little recap of my reading of Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. I will also link that book in the show notes for you. You know what? Actually, let's do this. Um, Jacob and I used to hoard books. I mean, not to like a dangerous level, but we used to buy all the books that we would read. And of course, we would try to buy used as much as we can. But he and I both had this theory of like, ooh, like let's make our bookshelf like a memory of books that we've read. And then we watched The Minimalists multiple times and we're like, no, this is a really bad habit. So you know what? Live on the air right now, if you're listening to this and you would like to borrow my copy of Think Like a Monk, it's a beautiful book, hardback and everything, reach out to me. You can contact me by text, email, Instagram, However you want, reach out and say, hey, I heard the episode and I really want to read that book. Send it to me and I'll do that. You guys know I love snail mail, so I got you. Okay, anyways, back to the story. So throughout my time in California, I kept reading my daily spiritual book and one of the day's themes was about rest. I wrote about how I felt that theme and woke up, got some things done, but then I went back to bed, biked to the beach with no headphones in and just relaxed. I recalled how I didn't have hardly any thoughts, which was such a freaking relief. And I was happy that this slow pace of life was not like freaking me out. I reminded myself that sleep and rest aren't a waste of time. They are a gift. The next day I saw a pod of dolphins and it was basically watching a movie unfold right in front of me. It was so cool. When I returned home to good old Indiana after being in California, I felt happy to be back in our home, but honestly also sad because it reminded me that I still have two more months of chemo to go. That week, I went to Panera, my favorite cancer Friday destination at Panera. Please um, sponsor me. I am ready anytime. Just saying. And I went with a friend and my real-life cancer angel, Chance. I wrote in my journal that doing that visit, as I spilled my unorganized and sad thoughts to her that day, and she responded with, you just really need to chill the fuck out. And of course, she said it to me in the most respectful way. But I think I really, really needed to hear that from someone who's been there. Finally, May was over and it turned into June. On June 1st, I wrote about how long my days feel all the time and sometimes I had to take it hour by hour. I could never focus and I was either sad or anxious most of the time and I didn't have a passion for literally anything. At the beginning of June, I finally felt angry. I was angry at the way I felt I was angry that I had to deal with all of this fatigue. I was angry I was alone, angry at everyone else for living their lives, and angry at myself for getting cancer. Should I have noticed it earlier? Should I have been changing my diet all those years ago? Is our water at home even safe? Luckily, I was talking to my good friend Kara, and she told me it's important to experience anger because it's one of the steps of grieving. And it's toxic to keep it in, and I have every right to feel it. 
So she told me to ride the wave because it's always harder to hold it back. And that is absolutely true. On the last page of this journal, I wrote about feeling pointless and triggered and how scary and unable I was just to sit still. I wrote that I felt tired and lame and unorganized and like I'd rather sleep and be alone and sad and that my heart hurt. That was the last page I wrote in that journal because, well, it was the last page of the book. But then that's when I made that switch to the new pink one that I'd gotten from a fellow survivor friend. As I mentioned earlier, I vowed that this journal would be more positive, but I would, of course, still keep it real. Well, it's a quick one today, and that's where we end this chapter, my friends. It's been a really long summer, and for once, I'm actually ready for it to turn into fall. I am so excited to tell you that next week, I will have a guest on, and truthfully, it is one of my biggest guests yet. I guess, you know, however do you define biggest. Here's a hint. He was on The Bachelorette, Hannah Brown's season to be specific, but he's coming on my show to talk about anything but reality TV. Okay, well, okay, we still did talk about it, but his story is so much more. So make sure you hit subscribe, you hit follow, so you can stay updated. Go ahead and leave me a review in the Apple Podcast app or five stars on Spotify. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Facing Fear podcast. I'd love to know what you think, so please leave a review on Apple's podcast app, or you can go to the Facing Fear with Sarah Facebook and leave a review there as well. If you or someone you know has a story of overcoming fear to pursue their own definition of success, please submit yourself or that person as a guest. You can do that at facingfearwithsarah.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the social media world. You can find the show everywhere at Facing Fear with Sarah or communicate directly by emailing hello at facingfearwithsarah.com. You made it to the end of the episode, so I'm going to give you a little surprise. I was recently published in the Wildfire Magazine. It is the first and only publication for and by those who are too young to be affected by breast cancer. And you can go get this issue at a discount. So visit wildfirecommunity.org and use code wildfire15 or even better, use the link in my social media, in the show notes today. And if you use that particular link and the code, you can not only save yourself money, but you can also earn me a little bit of money as I get a kickback from every purchase used under Sarah's link. So go check it out in the show notes. The issue is themed the new normal and This is relatable for anybody who's been through some kind of storm in life and is trying to figure out who they are and who and what and how and why life goes on afterwards. So check it out. Go visit wildfirecommunity.org. Use code wildfire15 to save on your version of a print or digital copy of the latest issue called The New Normal. Thank you so, so much for your support.